Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Happy April, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Pure Hope Show. What a joy it is to have all of you joining us. Last month, we had a guest speaker um, who was with us from Oregon. And what I thought was so interesting is now we are going across the nation to New York City. Uh, We at the Hope Interfaith Center in Mankato, Minnesota, started this program three years ago in March, and here we are having guest speakers not only from across the nation, but also around the world. So once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us. If you do have a question, because we are on live, if you do have a question or a comment for our guest tonight, you can certainly call us, please. In fact, please feel free to phone us. The number is 213-559-2974. Then all you need to do is press number one if you have a question, and Tom, our uh, program director, will get you on the air as soon as we can get to you. So the power of good company, I also say, is a wonderful thing to have. And when we all get together to listen, 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 from all around the world, and I was telling Selena and telling another person who came into our office today, we have people listening in on this program all the way from Egypt to Austria to Lake Superior right here in the Midwest. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I welcome you, and I want you to know that we have fantastic recordings in our archives just waiting for you to listen to. While listening to our program tonight, I want you to know that you will be listening to a woman who is attuned. She is in attunement with the divine. And when you are in tune with a great soul who loves God, that attunement gradually changes our life in a most wonderful way. So I have a guest speaker who is attuned to her soul and the love of God and the love of goddess, that attunement is like a tuning fork that changes us. You will um, not then be enslaved. I always tell people we become expanded. And this is the difference between attunement with perhaps a religion or what I would call an ego-centered person Being in tune with the true guru or a true teacher, that guru just simply means teacher of the divine, it expands us, it expands us, it expands us. Because the magnetism, the energetic field of what I call a God-realized soul, will put you in tune with the magnetic grid of your own God self. I love this statement. I should probably, I had a statement of Prince, and I send him love and light. He just left the planet um, from the Midwest. But I do have a statement from Michael Jackson, which says, do not be afraid to know who you are. You are much more than you ever imagined. So I'm going to invite all of you. Let's begin. 
This grand change is happening to us now. And together, we are a gracious force for good, which cannot be defeated. We will not be defeated. So tonight, we bring together information that not only helps you and me and all of us in a process. Selena Matreya will help us bring purpose to being and spirit to living. That's somewhat of her motto. Selena is a teacher of practical spirituality. She believes that our everyday life is the vehicle that we are to use to help integrate our spiritual knowledge and our values into the way that we walk in our daily life. Our natural inheritance, she says, is love. And when you choose, and when I choose, to learn how to respond 24-7, and yes, my friends, it is possible to learn how to respond 24-7 to life's many challenges, situations, and events from one of the many faces of love, which she calls compassion, wisdom, tolerance, understanding, kindness, grace, gratitude, and so many, many more as we raise our frequency as well as the rest of the world's frequency. Selena Matreya is a highly regarded consultant to commercial photographers worldwide. She is a published author of two best-selling books and a global teacher. Selena has, for the past 30-plus years, guided creatives to form deeper vision and refine their inner spirit. She is a personal coach, spiritual teacher, an enlightened being, and also a very, very, very close friend of mine. In summer of 2013, Selena experienced what she calls a life-changing event that reinforced her work on love. Due to an automobile event, when she was left severely impaired and brain damaged, she was unable to walk in her life for several months. Not knowing how she was going to move into her life, Selena continued to feel blessed and was never concerned for her fate. She was unable to hold a conversation or use her brain for even um, small tasks, yet she was left in a positive um, position and she was in constant meditation and tests that were required of her. During this time, she was visited continuously by spirit and her spirit guides and was given messages and was downloaded daily, which she was informed that her life was going to be shifted forever. She was told that her lifelong role as teacher was about to take another turn, another shift. So live from the Big Apple, I love saying that, Selena. (laughs) Please help me welcome Selena Matreya to our program tonight. Hello, my dear. Oh, hello, hello, Hope. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, much great to have you to on. Be here. I was looking forward to this. Thank you. You are so welcome. I wonder why I like saying the big apple. I think that... <laughs> I you love know, that, it's too. A, it's a great phrase. It, it is. It is. It's a, um, a wonderful place and wonderful to have you on the program. And it always amazes me that we have crossed the the country. We had Oregon last month and now we have you from New York City. So well so I'm going just to just the beginning, yeah. It it is, it is. I'm gonna ask you right off the bat if you would tell us a little bit about the event that you had 
um, that I know that has played an important role in your life right now and your teachings that you're giving at this time. What? Tell us a little bit about that event. Yeah, um, the timing was um, curious and perfect all at the same time. I've been a spiritual student since I was 16 years old, and my work has been very focused um, since I met you, my dear, um, as my teacher, almost maybe 18 or 19 years ago, I'd say. Yes, and what I've learned from you has really enabled me the teachings are all about making your life your practice and living your spirituality. And and as I took that to heart, um, I really felt the need to teach. And Spirit came through years ago and asked me to teach. And I, I chose not to change careers at that point, but I began holding classes and meditation groups. And clearly the material for my photographers changed, and I created a, wrote my second book was um, a holistic guide to being successful in photography. So I was really bringing so much of my spiritual learnings and teachings um, into my photographer's world and into, into the world of other people. But I was really feeling the call to be a teacher about 15 years after I got the original call, and my boys were grown, and I'd raised my two boys in my house, and and I really got the message that it was time for me to sell my house and move into the next phase of my life because my boys were moving in with their their uh, fiancés, and um, it was time. And as I went through the daily practice of of just taking apart a part of life after 20 years. Um, and making plans to move here to New York. Everything came together beautifully. My house sold in a day. I was introduced to an apartment in New York through a lecture I did in Bogota, Colombia. It was just moving beautifully. And the uh, last day in my house, uh, July uh, 15th, I believe, no, July 13th, 2013, I packed everything up and put it in a pod for New York and stayed at a local hotel expecting to wake up the next day and clean my house for the last time. And two days later, I was going to be um, going on a, a trip, a road trip, until I heard about an apartment in New York. Um, and, and I had been asking, you know, Spirit, the entire time that I was taking this house apart, what am I to teach? How do I move to being a teacher? And they kept telling me to just wait, it would appear. And I, and I waited, and so the night before... Um, my my last day in the house, I came to, um, I woke up in a ho- local hotel because I had no, you know, I cleaned out my house. I had nothing left in the house to sleep on. And I got in my car to drive over to the house to clean it. And I went through a, a traffic light that I'd been through thousands of times. And as I drove south, a woman came through the stoplight. Um, I had the green, she had the red, but she didn't see it. And she hit my car 70 miles an hour right in my driver door. And I mentioned wow. the type of car because five minutes before I had put my top up, I had an Audi convertible. And while I was waiting for the red light to change, um, the top went up. And as I went through the light, she hit me. Um, it was miraculous. I never heard her, never saw her coming. Um, one minute I'm driving, and the next minute my car was filled with the most incredible light I had. I've never experienced anything like this. Um, and I knew I was dying. I, I, My last conscious thought was, 
this is what happens when people die. And thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been a most incredible life, and I'm so grateful. And that was my very last thought. Um, I say now in retrospect, because I, I had no experience after that. And so I say in retrospect to you that I had no experience after that. I There was nothing. And I can't use words like peaceful or lovely or amazing because it was way beyond that. It was just nothing. And the experience of nothing was um, more than words can express. Um, at some point, I was brought back into my body, um, and I heard very clearly a voice say, turn to the right. And so I turned my car to the right, um, and my car stopped. And people ran over, and I was covered in glass, and I thought I should get out of my car, but my door wouldn't open. The long and the short of it is that the um, you know police came, the firemen, and they took me on a board to the hospital, you know, on one of those boards in an ambulance. And um, I was released in five hours. I had no broken bones. I had no cuts. Uh, I thought I had been completely uh, blessed and saved. My car was completely totaled. Um, and so there I was, you know, no home. You know, I was selling my house. <laughs> I had no car. Uh, within two days, it became very clear that I couldn't function. I wasn't able to walk down a hallway without holding onto the walls. And that um, began the next uh, next two and a half years of my life. Um, I was immediately um, told by spirit that this was an event that they had created, that I was not to worry. They told me that there would be difficult times. There would be times when I would be challenged. But I had the choice as to how to respond, but to please know that this was an event that they created to re, re, uh, reconfigure my energetic frequencies, my energy field, and to download the material I had been asking for. And I was just to completely surrender, and um, I would be taken care of. And they were so right because the next few weeks I got worse and worse and a friend of mine scooped me up and took me to her farm and literally took care of me. I could do nothing but uh, talk a little bit. It wasn't that I couldn't use my, my, you know, I couldn't talk, but I, I don't know how to explain a brain injury, but there was complete fatigue and I was in another paradigm. I was in a place that was very similar to what I experienced when my car filled with light. And I didn't want to come out of that place. It was so peaceful. And there was was nothing that I need, no decisions I needed to make. There There were no distinctions. It was just everything was as it is. And that was my total experience. And I didn't want to come out of there. To my friends, it looked like I couldn't speak or I was unable to focus. Um, but that was my experience, and that um, experience went on for about eight or nine months. I I did have to um, talk to people during times. I did have to go on a train once in a while. I did have to go see a doctor, and all of that was a huge, huge amount of effort to not only get my body to um, move through those experiences, but to... um, really pull myself out of this place that was really quite wonderful. 
And uh, miracles happened. I had no way, no, you know, my doctors thought this would be three weeks to six months. And then when I didn't get any better and I continued actually to get worse, it was six months to a year. And then they said, well, with a brain injury, a year into it is where you're going to be the rest of your life. And I was in a really, I was in a place where I couldn't go on trains or buses. I had to wear earplugs and sunglasses. I couldn't be around people. I literally couldn't do very much. I had two hours of a day where I could do anything, and that means communicate with a friend, be on a business call, um, sit with a doctor, anything. And anything beyond that was so physically and mentally painful. It was done when needed, but it was tough. So that was my experience, and um, as time went on, my brain healed, and I started to realize that as my brain came back the um the connection to spirit that i had to the world to the paradigm of of who we are beyond our mind um was still accessible to me but it took more effort and i realized that we have all these barriers that we put up that allow us to function in our life because part of the reason I couldn't function was because I didn't have any of those barriers. They were all gone. And I was I was in this other paradigm, but as my brain healed and came back, the barriers came back, these walls, I don't know how to explain it any other way, that are very necessary that we need so that we can distinguish things in the physical world. And um, I started to see in a very different way how helpful the brain is, but also how it's exactly what gets in our way of being connected to the divine at the level that I was gifted. So uh, I, I guess that's a big explanation, but that's good. Oh. Have you ever um, listened to that program? I think it's a YouTube called The Stroke of Insight, and she was a neurosurgeon. Yes, that I saw her a, talk also on TED, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like exactly your experience in some ways. Well, you know, it it, it sounded very similar to me for sure, and I'll have to go back and look at it again um, because actually I say that in retrospect. I believe I saw that before my event. It happened to her quite a while ago, didn't it? So it I did. should probably go back. Yeah, and listen to that again. And, and see, I, I thought that it was a very similar experience, but I'd love to go back now that you mentioned that. Thank you for that and listen to that again and see. But there was this amazing place, and it is similar to what I have experienced before my car event when I meditated, and it's very similar to how I feel when I channel. But the difference is that when I channel with a student, um, I'm not there. I feel as if I park everything and spirit speaks through me. And because this was my experience and I wasn't channeling, it was just this, it was almost as if um, you know, I would just close my eyes and I had this direct connect to this wonderful, um, I don't even know what to call it, but I would call it a paradigm um, where everything was just so peaceful. And... Mm-hmm. I had a true experience of that rather than um, than have to use my brain and come and communicate. It was painful, Janice. It was painful for me to communicate um, 
to people. It was an effort, and it wasn't just the effort. The pain came from leaving this lovely place behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my next question is going to sound odd, but I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm going to ask it is because I went through this program for speaking clearly, and I remember my teacher long ago said, Hope, if I come and I wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I said, and she said to me, wake up, Hope, tell me who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And she said, I want you to know yourself so well that if I came and I did that, you'd be able to, to give me that answer. So the question that I have for you this evening is that if we were meeting for the first time on an elevator, and you were going to give me an elevator conversation, and I asked you, who are you? And why are you here in this incarnation? What would you say to me? Hmm. Wonderful question. I'd say I am a being of light who believes in the power of love. And I am a teacher of practical spirituality who is on a mission to help others remember who they truly are. Hmm. I know that during this process, when you were out uh, and yet into some place, is that you received a process called living life through joy, regardless of anything that occurs, and that you received this from your spirit guides and from spirit. I wanted to make sure that we got into that right away. So let's talk a little bit about that process. Would you mind telling our our audience a little bit about what you received from your guides during that time? Yeah, and um, I I have a practice on New Year's of... um, just making sure even if I'm with other people that I have a significant amount of time by myself. And on one of the new, I was almost always by myself during the last few years. I had a partner for a year, but I found being in a relationship um, was too much responsibility for me. So I chose to be single again. And um, on one of the New Year's Eves, I asked, in fact, it was just past one recently, in 2016, I asked Spirit, to please share with me information that I could share with others. And and I asked them about this year, and they said that 2016 was the year that we could experience anything through joy. So I said, oh, that's great. Does that mean that this year is going to be a really easy year? Because I think easy year is a nice year. <laughs> and it would be nice to have an easy year and they said oh no that this is going to be it's not what we meant that there will be easy times during the year but there will also be great challenges because that's what your life is about like everyone's life is about and the what they're speaking about they said what we're speaking about is the fact that it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter whether it's easy or difficult you always have the choice to experience anything through the energy of joy and i i never question spirit's guidance in terms of um the importance of what they say but i like to know how it works in the in the world of physicality So I asked them, I said, well, help me. When I'm sitting with a student and I'm teaching on joy and I have someone who has lost a beloved, who has lost a family member, a friend, um, and they're torn up about it, how do I tell them to experience that through joy? 
And the practice, the answer was the practice that they gave me that I'd love to share with everyone tonight because we all, we all lose. We have losses. Life is, is, is full of loss. And perhaps, you know, we lose our health, we lose our jobs, we lose our homes, you know, little things as well as big things like that. And perhaps the largest loss we can sustain is the loss of a beloved. And how do we experience that through joy? We're trained to experience the loss of a beloved through lack. We we cry and we sob because we miss people and, and they're not here. And we, we bemoan what we don't have. And that's understandable. Um, that's what we've been trained to do. And losing somebody, there there is a loss there. Their physicality is not there. And most people are not attuned to a high uh, to the level of being able to really experience beings as frequency, which is what we are. We are frequency inside a physicality. And so we don't we don't think and we don't experience for the most part other beings in terms of frequency. So we don't realize that their frequency exists all the time. We're told that bodies die and and maybe if one has a belief that we reincarnate, then that's an intellectual thought. But the actual experience of tuning into the frequency of another person, unless people go to a seance or go to a psychic, that's not their experience. But it can be. And because we are energy, and if we believe we are energy, so why would that energy dissipate? It doesn't. So we can experience this loss through joy, and that's what the practice is. Um, If we are indeed committed to living our life to abundance through the highest frequencies of who we are and who um, everyone is and, and, and can be the expression of, then why would we not want to learn how to experience loss through the highest frequency of joy rather than continue to experience it in the low frequency of lack, which is what we've been trained to do. Can you take us through that process right now, all of us? Okay, great. I'd love to. Okay, so you obviously want to do this if you're not driving in the car. So if you're listening to to Hope's show and to our conversation here in your car at a later date, you might want to practice this at another time. And for everybody else, I'm going to assume that you're in a place where you'll have a few moments of privacy, so you might want to close your door or just get yourself comfortable in your seat. And all we'll be doing here is you'll just be breathing and following along and there's no nothing else beyond that that you need to do so if you would now just get yourself comfortable whether you're lying down or sitting whatever way is best for you put yourself in that position now take a breath in with me and let it just Comfortably leave your body. 
Take another breath in if you would. And once again, comfortably let it release from the physical body. Take a third breath in, a nice, deep, deep breath. And again, gently allow the breath to release from the body. And now just continue to breathe at a pace that's comfortable for you, keeping your attention on the rise and fall of your chest, allowing any noises that come in to deepen your connection, to deepen your state as you continue to breathe. breath you take, moving any parts of your body so that you are more comfortable, keeping your attention focused on the breath. And now I would invite you to begin to visualize a person that you have lost, an animal that you have lost, a being who meant the world to you. Someone you had loved unconditionally. Visualize them now as if they were standing right in front of you. See them in great detail. Notice that they are looking deeply into your eyes and you are looking deeply into theirs. Open your being wide and Accept the energy that they are offering you, the love that is pouring out of them to you as you look deeply, deeply into their eyes. You are filled with the love, the warmth, the light. Feel this and experience this now. As you sit in the glow of their love and the love that you have for them, begin to remember in experience that you have had with them See the details of where you are together in this experience. Remember words they spoke to you. 
remember how you felt that made this experience so important to you. Sit inside this experience, opening up and taking in all of the frequency and the energy that is being poured your way. You treasure this person and they treasure you. In this experience, you turn around, you look directly into their eyes. They look directly into yours. They reach their arms out to you. They open them up, and you fold yourself right into their arms, and they close around you, and you are one. Feel that now. Feel the oneness that is flooding through you, that is flooding through them. This is the joy. This is the joy of who they were, of who you are, of who you were and still are together. Feel that. And now they open their arms. You step back. You look into their eyes. And you know that it is okay. It is fine to say goodbye. For they have not gone far. And you can return to this place with them any time you choose. And they turn and they walk into the ether And you sit and remain in the glow, in the light of what you have shared. And when you are ready, you come back into your body and into the room. Thank you. You're very welcome. Does this process work with all loss? Um, like I believe the... yes. Yeah. Okay. I believe okay. it does. Yeah, because you know, I I left my house after 20 years, and you know, it was remarkable when I left. Not only you know, some people have very easy transitions. This transition for me was obviously quite um, different than that. I had a car event two days before I was left moving into my new life in a state that was very different. And on top of that, the people that bought my house were very duplicitous, it turned out, and their intentions were not what they said they were. My, in my house in 20 uh, years that I was there, 
I built twenty. I built uh, twelve different gardens, and my property was very important, and nature was important. And these were really beautiful gardens um, with twenty-five foot rhododendrons and raspberry patches, and just a very loved property. Um, they weren't interested in that, and clearly, that's their choice. Uh, they tore everything out, uh, but everything they tore like almost systematically, they tore every single garden out. They chopped the rhododendrons. They pulled out the raspberries. They wanted grass, and of course, that's their choice. That's their property now. But for me, it was a very, it was a loss. It was a huge, huge, huge loss to see all to see all of that nature just ripped out of the ground because I'm so attuned to everything that's alive. Um, and it was as if my friends had been killed. And I've used this practice a great deal with my house, where I've gone into this practice and I've gone into the gardens and I've sat amongst my rhododendrons and I've sat amongst the hostas and the lilies and and I've experienced the energy and the frequency and um, it has been so healing for me um, because this this was a you know I saw my own attachments clearly to this house and to this garden and and when I've gone into this practice and I'm able to energetically connect to all of the nature that was there uh, it's been very healing for me. Interesting. Well, how does it work then with somebody like who loses, like say their legs or um, are assaulted on the street? Like how would you use this process since it is loss, um, loss, those would be some great losses. And maybe you'd use it exactly the same thing, but I'm just thinking of our audience that, okay, you lose a house, that's one thing, and you lose beautiful trees, that's another. But if you lose your legs or you lose your eyesight or lose even your virginity if something has happened to you, how do you work with this process when people come to you with something like that? Yeah, no, it's an excellent question. I'm sure there's lots of ways what immediately comes to me if you've lost your health or you've lost your legs is to go into this process and remember um, what it felt like if you've lost your legs, what it mm. felt like to walk, what it felt like to walk through a beautiful place and to go back to the energetic frequency of that place because it's the frequency of the place, not the fact that you had your legs to use in the place. Gotcha. That that could be one of the ways. I'm sure our listeners and you hope would have other uh, ways to, you know, utilize this practice. But that's the first that came to me is that yes, we think, oh my God, it's the loss of the legs or eyesight. My eyes, I'm having difficulty with my eyes, and so I can, I can, um, you know, the thought of losing one's eyesight. How would you use that? Well, well, once again, it's remembering visually, remembering a beautiful sunset and letting yourself open up then to the frequency of the experience because the eyes certainly gave us that. I'm reminded of um, a, a YouTube video that um, was a film that was made 
by Annie, was it Annie Bassant? Who, no, that was that's the teacher, Annie Bassant, who worked with Madame Blavatsky. What was the name of the teacher, who, who I believe her first name was Annie, who worked with Helen Keller? And there's a wonderful black and white film that she made where she's talking about what Helen's experience is. And she talks about how she has the experience of these things that she cannot see and that she believes that the experience is through the frequencies. And so mm-hmm. and she doesn't use the word frequency, but it means the same thing. I can't remember the name. So that might be some of the ways, because we're really relating the person, when we remember a person as well, we're not rem- what are we remembering? We're remembering that frequency, that energy of exchange that we had with them, the energy of who they were. We're not really remembering their physicality, so Correct. we look at their physicality, and then we're at that. That's the doorway to our frequency. So I think there's a lot of ways to um, to utilize this around loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think you and hit the nail on the head because with the whole frequency, it's all about frequency, frequency, frequency. Yeah, and because you and I have met people that. I always go back to Nelson Mandela and how he came out of prison and with his smiling, beautiful face and waving hello um, to the people who are waiting for him. And how do you stay in prison for unjustly for 26 years, I believe, and come out the way that he came out? So, you know, he's carrying this frequency with him, you know, and so I've seen it with people. I've seen people who are happier without legs and people who have are with legs. So it has to do with just the remembrance of like joy is a frequency. It's a choice, mm-hmm. a frequency. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. And so yep. that and what happens to you is an event. And we have lots of events in our life from little events like stubbing our toes to tripping in the street, to having uh, an argument with our teenage son, to uh, having a misunderstanding with a friend, uh, to losing our temper um, for short periods. These are little things. And then we have great events. We have car events. We have housing houses. We get assaulted. We, we get robbed. We lose things, big things. Regardless of how small or large that event is, it happens in, in the world of physicality, but we have the choice to respond to that from the above, beyond, above and beyond the event. If all we do is respond to the event as an event, then that's all we're left with in life. But when we use that event as an opportunity to build our consciousness, to, and we do that through practical spirituality by, res, by using it as an alarm clock, the event becomes our alarm clock all the time to remind us that we have the opportunity to respond from love. So mm-hmm. things happen to us in life. Life is full of chaos. But mm-hmm. we get to choose our response. And so Spirit is saying through this practice, one of the ways we can respond is through the frequency of joy. hmm Mm-hmm. And that's gotcha. our choice. Yes, yes. I know that um, according to Isaac Newton, which is um, 
one of his statements was that a runaway train will keep moving until a force is imposed upon it to stop it. And I think that's somewhat of what you're saying right now, that sometimes we can have a runaway train with an event and that it just keeps moving and, and moving and moving and moving and moving until a force is imposed upon it to stop it. And um, so when I hear you talk about this process, this technique, this tool, this frequency of joy, um, that's the energy that stops the runaway train. Yeah. It it is, and it's one practice, you know. It's one practice in a whole uh, series of practices that spirit has. I would say that the runaway train are people's lives, that we forget that, that many people have at some point, even people on a spiritual path, many of the people, and I say this with great respect and love, um, that are listening tonight, you know, many, it's, it's so easy to and, and hard not to, um, as we're living these lives in physicality, to forget who we are. So I think our lives are the runaway train. Um, and that we have an opportunity to say, excuse me, I'm going to, I choose to go through my life to experience what I'm given to experience, but I choose to respond differently. I don't choose to respond just from my brain and my emotional body. I choose to respond from the higher frequency of who I am, from the natural inheritance of my being, from my intuitive body, from my energy of love. And when we make that statement and follow it with the intentions of of truly learning how to respond from love, because we can. Love is not just some hippy-dippy phrase that's thrown around. It is a high-frequency vibration and it shows up in the physical world as patience, as kindness, as goodness, as wisdom, these qualities that are talked about around us but never shown to us as a response to life. So we get to stop this runaway train of just having life happen to us and learn how to respond from love so that we actually get to guide and direct the outcome because every every response we have creates the next moment. So if we're always responding to chaos with chaos, then the next moment is going to be of chaos. But if we choose to respond to chaos from love, then we have an opportunity for that next moment and the moments after and the moments after that to be of love. And before we know it, we reach this tipping point where our connection to source is constant and we don't even have to think about going through all the steps and all the practices that got us there. You know, it's so funny, Hope, because I tell my students, it's like driving a car. And if you Mm -hmm. can remember what it was like when you started driving a car, there was the rear view mirror, there was the side mirror, there was a gas pedal, there was a brake. If you drove standard as I did, there were all these Speeds. There was, you know, there was a huge responsibility of this thousand-pound machine that could kill somebody, that could kill you, and you had to remember all of this, all of the things to do at once, and it was overwhelming and 
scared most people when they started. I know it scared me. And then over time, all of these very different elements that you have to think about and consciously put together to make that car move safely down the street are easy. And before you know it, not only are they easy, but you're driving fast and you're cutting corners and you're not watching certain things because it's become that second nature. Well, it's the same thing with spiritual practice. When we start to use our daily life as our practice pad, it's a lot of work. It's consciousness. We have to, we have to, we have to remember to watch our behavior. And we have to remember to choose love. We have to remember which face of love am I going to respond with. And then we have to be able to experience that face of love. And then we have to move on in the next seconds to the next experience that's going to pop up. So it's a lot of work in the beginning, but it becomes a way of life. And, and I don't know, I honestly do not know how I could have ever moved through the last two and a half years with as much grace and as much much grace and as much ease. And I will use that word ease. Not that all times were easeful because many times were difficult, but I moved through it with ease because of the work that I've done with you and the work that I continue to teach. And I don't know how people move through great difficulties without that. So it is a it is a way to stop that train and to build a life that is deep and meaningful and rich. And I believe what we were meant to do, how we were meant to live it. I believe that our daily life is difficult, so we have lots of opportunities to remember who we are and to go back to responding to life from love because when we respond from love, we physically bring that frequency into into the world. And doesn't our world need more of that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. When I go to my teacher, I I like the word nudge. Um, I hear the word stretch a lot. And when I go to my teacher, she nudges me or she says, I have a stretch that I would like to lovingly challenge you with. So how would you suggest our audience who's listening to you tonight, how would you suggest that our audience um, give the to give them a nudge or a stretch themselves during this time of change upon the planet? Oh, such a great question. Um, I would remind them, or I would ask them to remind themselves that they are more than just a body. They are more than just a thinking brain. They are more than just their personality. They are more than just their history. Remind yourself, I am more than that. I, I am the frequency of love. When they entered their bodies, they entered with their very first breath as a frequency of love. So remind yourself that you are more than what you know yourself to be and that you have everything you need to remember I always tell my, my students as a teacher, my job is just to remind you who you already are and to help you reacquaint and reactivate that of which you are in your totality. So remember that you are more. You are love. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, Selena, how do you offer help to people? How do you nudge them um 
to help them open up to their authentic self? How do you personally work with people when people call you up or have a session with them? What Can you give an, a, us a taste of what that might look like if a person sat down with you for a session? Sure. Um, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, I start off with a, a phone call or a Skype call for about 20 or 30 minutes, and there's no fee for that, but we do set up an appointment to do that. Um, it's an opportunity for students to tell me where they are on their path and to tell me why they're reaching out. And it's an opportunity for me to share with them what practical spirituality is all about um, and what what it would look like to work together. And people can write me an email. They can go onto my website, which is selenamaitreya.com, and send me an email, selena at selenamaitreya.com, and let me know that they'd like to set up a 20- or 30-minute appointment to talk and where we you know, get them on the calendar within a week or two, and I'd be happy to do that. So it gives us a direct access. And when we do move into teaching, um, we teach um, if people are in New York City, we can meet in person. Uh, a lot of my students are also over Skype on the on, um the computer. We'll set up an appointment for a teaching which lasts between 60 and 90 minutes. And uh, we talk about where, we start out by talking about where the student feels like they are out of alignment with their integrity to themselves. Where in their life is it uh, a relationship? Is it a, a job? Um, are they dealing with a health issue? And then um, I go into state and Spirit speaks through me to them with a very clear, directed message um, that is um, always pretty remarkable. And then I come out of state and talk with them about a practice that Spirit has even either given to them then or has given to me to give to them that is directly um, relates to their growth around this particular uh, issue and when I talk about their growth, it's the growth of their consciousness. I like to tell people if I was a therapist, we'd be talking about their history. If I was a life coach, we'd be talking about setting up structure for their life. But I'm a teacher of frequency, and I my job is to help them to build their intuitive body at this high level frequency. And it is like a muscle. The more you exercise it and bring it into the world, the the stronger it gets. So uh, each teaching is really about uh, where are they out of alignment with the, the frequency, where are they working from their lower frequencies, and and where can we um, help them to bring in practices that will help them to respond from their uh, intuitive body. And then we have a second meeting, and then after the second meeting, um, if they want to continue to work, we go from there. And do you meet with your clients once a week, once a month? How do you yeah. determine... The first two process. appointments, yeah, thank you. The first two appointments are, are within two weeks of each other. Uh, this is work that you need to do. You take the teachings, and then there's, there's practices and meditations um, to use in your daily life. Um, there's also the opportunity I record the teachings and send an MP3 because there's so much material covered. There's a diksha because this is such high-frequency information that comes from the masters. There's a real, when people leave my apartment or leave a teaching, they 
always tell me how remarkably relaxed they are and how they have they feel so shifted just then and there but there's more to do and they are the ones that do that so this is it's kind of like working with a trainer if you work with them during the time you're with them at the gym that will shift you somewhat and you will learn new things but if you only see them um, and you you only do the work when you see them you're not doing the same kind making the same kind of progress as if you go back to the gym on your own and take what they, you have learned and do it three or four times that week and we're very fortunate in the fact that our life gives us lots of practice so it's uh, two weeks between the first two teachings and then after that it's every three weeks so that people have the time to move this in their life hmm. well, tell us about the link you said that before we went on the air you said that you have a link on your website about a free gift I do. On top of the, um, if you listen to Hope's show again, you can, you know, do the meditation for sure. But if you go to my site, selinamaitreya.com, and, and my name is spelled correctly on Hope's um, page, um, if you go to my site, you'll see a link to hit a free gift. And that, you just, just tap on that, and then you just sign up for my uh, guided meditation of loving what is. And this is a wonderful teaching and meditation that teaches us how to love what is instead of always wanting more. Great, great. I always tell everybody, get the free stuff, get the free stuff as well. That's how you tell the universe, I'm I'm getting abundance, abundance, abundance is right there. So what would be your last words to our audience before we close tonight, Selena Matreya? Well, thank you, my dear. I would say that if you have any concerns in your local world about your life and in our universe for the state of our planet, that to please remember that for many, while many people feel very um, stymied and out of, they feel like everything that is happening in their own life and in the the world at large is out of their control. That it, it is not that the way that we create change in our global world is to change, to create change in our local world. And that accepting the responsibility for understanding that you are love and learning how to respond in your life from the frequency of love is possibly the greatest gift that you can not only give yourself, but give all of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, from the Big Apple, or I should say from Minnesota right to the Big Apple, we send you lots and lots of love from our temple, my dear, lots of love. And thank you for being on the program tonight. Well, thank you so very much for all that love and back at you and everyone listening. Thank you so very much. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I really appreciate the opportunity to share all of this with all of you. And thank you, Hope, for all all of the wonderful work you're doing, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. To connect with Selena again, please go to her website at www.selina, S-E-L-I-N-A, Matreya, M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A dot com. And you can get that free link for the free gift of loving what is. And any more information about Um, Selena and what she has to offer you during this time of the great transitions that we are going through. One of my favorite affirmations that I say every day to myself 
is this. I am too positive to be doubtful, too optimistic to be fearful, and too determined to be defeated. Yes, this is one of my favorite affirmations. I am too positive to be doubtful about how our world is going and where it is going. I am too optimistic to be fearful, and I am too determined to be defeated as we move into this new world that we are creating. And I just want to thank all of you for joining me on the Pure Hope Show. And if you have found this program to be helpful, even if it's just the affirmation, interesting and uplifting, even if it's the download that they can get on the free link gift from Selena, just please pass it on to others. This is what has been given to us. We give this freely to bring light to the world. By passing this on through your Facebook or any type of social media, you are, we are bringing more light into this planet. And this is a great time of miracles. And it's a time about to reach a crescendo. When you're watching everything, we're just seeing this crescendo happening. So know, dear ones, that there are countless supplies, never-ending prosperity and blessings of heaven that are indeed yours. The next time on our program of the Hope Interfaith Center, which will be in May, it's another live program on May 31st at 7 p.m. We are again have a returning guest. His name is Mark Anthony, who has exceptional credentials where they stand apart from many, many other psychics and mediums. He is also an author. Here is just a few things that he is known for. He is a fourth-generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. Mark is an Oxford-educated attorney. He's licensed to practice practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. In England, he studied mediumship as the prestigious Arthur Finley College. He has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox Television, and a major talk show that is called Coast to Coach, Coast to Coast AM, which I listen to when I get up and do my running every morning around 4 o'clock. So please join us next month as well on May 31st, live at 7 p.m. So I want you all to know that I leave you now with a smile in my heart, knowing that we are so close to this wondrous events of blessings, blessings, blessings. So as I tell everyone, keep the faith. Remember to maintain your energy field. We've just had a fantastic opportunity to learn a new technique, to learn a new way to keep our highest frequency. I loved it when Selena said, Just go back. If you feel like you're on a train wreck, just go back. Go back to the very first breath you take, you took when you came to planet Earth. You are love. You are love. So it's so soon right now that the heavens are going to be graciously sending and are sending special emissaries of light to aid us at this time of change. And Selena Matreya is one of those emissaries of light that are here to help us. So I thank you once again for joining me. Until we meet again, I I absolutely bow to the light in you that also lights in me and the rest of the world. 
Namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you, Selena, for being on this program for with me. I appreciate you dearly for the work that you do as well. Thank namaste. you so very much, my dear. Namaste, namaste. to you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.